Hello and welcome to Modern Homemakers. We are so happy you're here. (laughs) I'm Leah Parker and I'm here with Donna and we are fortunately and unfortunately recording our last of the season. This will be it until the fall for new podcasts. So this summer we invite you to listen to some of our what we're calling best of. They are um, podcasts that we have selected through um, basically what you guys have been listening to, what you listen to the most. We're going to re-air them again, hoping that they catch a new, um, they, they catch some new people, a new audience. So if you hear something this summer that you like, we encourage you to forward it to your friend and share the good news. Uh, some these podcasts will be coming out every Tuesday okay. so you can see new things. And if you want a preview of what's to come, there is a post that's in the circle on our homepage that says 2023 Summer Challenge. Mm. And you can get an idea of what's coming. Good. Yes. That's wonderful. And, to, and how many are there? There are 12. 12. So 12 weeks that Donna and I take a break from meeting in person and we go spend time with our families and and do our work for the do, fall. <laughs> do our work for the fall, prepare for the for the next season. Yes. So which we're looking forward to. Thank you. That's very good. Yes. All of those details. Oh, we would girls, you would not have any of that if it were not for Leah. I I'm I'd be right here behind the microphone and that would be the end of it. Well, we've been talking about friends and it's a really wonderful subject. And I thought today What I'd like to do is offer our summer challenge, which I've been doing for decades now. When I first began the summer challenge, I always had some gadget, some a balloon or a a postage stamp. It all represented something I was challenging you to do this summer. But this year, I don't have any takeaway. I don't have any suggestion to you, except I'm going to give you three things at the end of this broadcast that I'm going to ask you to do. And it leads me into the, this, the session we did earlier this week on friendships with one another, best friends, how you cultivate them, how you choose them, how you care for them. And this is about the greatest of all friendships, and that's being a friend of God. And there's actually one single human being who was first chosen, the first person who was ever called the friend of God, and that was Abraham. So this year, as we do summer challenge number 31, 42, or whatever, it's my prayer that you will take this lesson as a practicality, that you will learn a little bit more about Abraham, that you'll make some investments this summer on what it means to be a friend of God or God being our friend. Thousands of years ago, the account of Abraham was passed down to us, long before the sitcom called Friends (laughs) out of New York City was even thought of. God was talking about friends. And I was glad to meet Abraham. While I thought he was old, not old like me, not wise like me, but he was brave. And now I'm older and I'm able to say that his bravery, his bravery made him a better friend. I spoke about friendships last time we were together and I talked about these ingredients 
But this being a friend to God and letting God call us his friend is is something different. So Abraham was called a friend of God three times in Scripture, the first time in 2 Chronicles, which is not a book you usually open up for a little light reading, and he called Abraham thy friend. And then in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8, Israel, my servant, Israel, the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, my servant, God's servant, the offspring of Abraham, my friend. Now, a lot of us who listen to these podcasts have offspring, have offspring. That's a very sacred word. Like, this is my offspring. This is a part of my person. This is from my womb. I can remember when my daughter was a little girl and she would say, what is womb? And I thought, womb, what is a womb to a seven-year-old? Like, like there's, no, there's nothing to compare to it. The offspring of Abraham, uh, that was what Isaiah, Israel, God is calling Israel. And then lastly, in the New Testament, and maybe I don't, I don't know that I ever say I have favorite books, but I dearly love the New Testament book of James. I love its practicality. I think I think like James. I love what he offers us. And in chapter 2, verse 23, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. As I've been thinking about this lesson and these words, I've been thinking about the word friend and what that really means or what it has meant to me throughout my life and the holiness or the sacredness of what it means to be a friend of God. If you've ever visited Israel or the Palestinian area today in recent years, you would find that the town most associated with Abraham in his lifetime was called Hebron, and it was renamed by the Muslims to El Khalil, which is the friend. So Jews, Christians, and Muslims all agree to the point that Abraham was remembered as a friend of God. In the book of Genesis, chapter 12, I want to read to you three or four verses. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Wow! That's, that's, that's some pretty amazing conversation. God calling Abram, and I will make you a great nation. And like when you read through that, and I've read through that in my lifetime many times, you think, okay, this is it. And we do know in the end, Abraham became all of that, a great nation, blessed, a huge family. Everyone came from him. But that didn't happen like tomorrow. And it didn't happen easily. What does it take to be a friend of God? In John chapter 15, 
verses 13, 14, and 15. This is from the message. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And Jesus says, If you are my friends, if you do what I command, I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know the master's business. Now, when does this conversation happen? Jesus, in the book of John, these three verses, it happens on the night before his crucifixion. Friends, they were called disciples, and he changed their name from disciples to friend. Have you ever had a disciple? Leah, have you ever mentored someone? Mentored someone? Young girl, younger woman? Um... Maybe officially or unofficially. Unofficially. Yeah. Did did you have that sense of um, I'm I'm giving you something, I'm teaching you something, but we're not really friends. We're disciples. Like I'm the teacher, you're the student. Yes. You're the disciple. Yes. And I, and I find I've had lots of those relationships, and you know we just did a whole session on mentoring and my encouragement to do that. But the fact that here these men have been traveling with God and Jesus, and they. They have been in relationship with him, and, he, and it's this night he says, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Why? Because the friends know the master's business. Mm. The friends know the master's business. The account of Abraham is the first extended story in Scripture. It starts in Genesis 12, and it goes for many chapters. And we see our own lives developing in what it means to be friends of God, personal, relational, with him, with community, with friends. Eugene Peterson says, as it turns out, using Abraham as a template, the term friend is going to be the key in understanding what it means to be me. Because I am a friend, I need a friend, the template of Abraham's life is a friend. And friends are not enemies. And Abraham understood this of God. He did not respond to God with suspicion or fear. And when I read through these chapters, I had this sense I was looking for it. And I'm going to encourage you to read through these chapters, looking, just reading it. Don't try to understand it. Don't try to memorize it. Just read it in the light of what does it mean to be an Abraham and God friendship. When Abraham responds to God, it says, after God tells him to do all this, it says, so Abram went. It doesn't say, hey, mom, wait, can I, what about, if I do this, could I do that instead? Hey, dad, what about, no, so Abraham went. He understood who God was, and somehow he knew that God was on his side. God was his friend. Now, I think that's a piece in our lives that each one of us has to grapple with. How do you see God? Is he big? Is he fearsome? Is he friendly? Is he you know, drop the quarter in and I get whatever I want? Is he the God I get mad at when I don't get what I want? Is he the God who really talks to me? 
Do I talk to him? Is he really my father? You have all met my friend Sandra Wilson, Dr. Sandra Wilson, um, and one of her lovely books, uh, which I'll not say the title of right this second, um, <clears throat> talks about um, talking to God. Oh, I'm so sorry, I've forgotten the title. But she, she, I remember when she was writing it and she said to me, well, it's this sense I'm trying to convey about climbing into the lap of Abba, Father. Now, I didn't climb into my father's lap, not ever. I didn't have a grandfather who I climbed into his lap. There, there was no one in my life. My grandmother was probably the closest lap, and we used to kid about that because she was a little plump, and she didn't have much of a lap. <laughs> but when Sandy said those first words, Into Abba's Arms, that's the name of the book, when she said that the first time, I, I can still remember where I was, and I can still remember what I saw. And what I saw was the Lincoln Monument. And if you have ever seen in person the Lincoln Monument, or if you've ever seen a picture of a human being in front of the Lincoln Monument, a human being in front of the monument looks like a one-inch blob on the bottom of some gigantic, and it is, it's, it's, I don't know how many feet high it is. I should probably look that up someday. But I pictured myself climbing up and getting into the lap of God. Now, that wasn't something I was accustomed to when Sandy started talking to me about that. I don't think I thought that God was that friendly or that he had room on his lap for me or that I could cuddle with him in that way or that I could put my ear to his chest and hear his heartbeat. I think the gods of the Middle East and and really the gods we hear talked about, they were to be placated. They were unpredictable, indifferent. You know, they could break out into a storm. and there was They were mysterious. They were not to be known by us. So I don't think we're much different, actually, than the ancient Middle East. There is fear, false notions, a lack of security, a desire to appease, you know, the joke of, I don't want God to see what I'm doing, but not Abraham. There are certainly many things that we need to be feared of, but not God. God is good and kind and divine, and he loved Abraham, and he called him friend, and he loves you, and he calls you friend also. Now, I, I, I've tricked you a little because I've read these first four verses and then I give you the phrase, so Abraham went. Abraham had a horribly hard life. He did not have a perfect life. He had struggle, loss, turbulence, and disappointment. And I have a very close friend, a, a faithful friend, a friend who, will I have, who I will be friends with until the end. And she taught me something that was very hard to teach me. She said, if we were going to be true friends, that I was not going to be pampered or indulged, that there would be struggles that we would work through together, struggles from the inside and struggles from the outside. And she even quoted, faithful are the wounds of a friend out of Proverbs. And she pledged her honesty, her truthfulness, and her longevity. She was here to stay. And I can look back on those months 
of learning that from her about her and our coming to this place. We didn't sign a pact. We didn't shake hands and said, Let, you know, what, what are you blood sisters? Or We didn't do any of that. But this was a woman who, who wanted to make intentional friendship. And she wanted to make sure that we both understood that uh, it was going. To, there were going to be some bumps. And actually, we've had a couple of serious bumps. One bump took us a while to work through, but we did. And when we worked through that bump, which was done visibly around other friends, numbers of our other friends said, we watched that. We watched that. We observed what kind of a commitment you have made to one another. Well, God's voice was heard and accepted. And when God told Abraham to leave Ur and her and, and go, and he did, they traveled. They resettled and resettled. They experienced decades of childlessness, famine, Canaan, danger in Egypt, the loss of Hagar and Ishmael. Remember Abraham had the child and then, and then and Sarah sent, sent Hagar away. They lost part of their family. The trauma of Abraham offering Isaac as a sacrifice. And, and don't forget Lot and Sodom. They left home. They had long journeys, dangerous ventures, doubts, trying acts of obedience. Karl Barth, who is a well-known, renowned theologian, said about Abraham, he must pass from a well-known past to a future which is only just opening up. Through all of it, Abraham knew that God was with him. God sends him to a new land. It sounds like he's just going to go over the hill and he's going to take on this new land. He's leaving here and it's going to be all these new things. Well, it turns out that, that when he got there, there were Canaanites already there. They were already established cities and communities. It, it, it was God sends him to new communities to set a new way. The idea of friendship being about relationships, not function. Did you understand that? Relationships, not function. The relationship between God and Abraham was what it was all about. Not God sending Abraham to create a new land and people to all generations. That wasn't what it was. That, that's the function. What it was, was about the relationship. Pause and think about this for a moment. Do you think that about your friendships? Are they about the relationships, not what you get or what you give? Or how, when, why? What will I do for my friend? Go for my friend? Say to my friend? Expect for my friend? Now that's all function. Now we're not talking about function. We're talking about relationship. Not what they can do for you or you could do for them, but simply who they are. This doing thing is much easier. It really is. I could teach her something. I could show her how to make a pie. I could go and help her. I could support her in the move. I could be friend to her children. I, I, I could, I could, I could. But the truth was, God and Abraham were friends. And Abraham expressed his loyalty and appreciation to God. And God gave his gifts to Abraham. They were friends on a journey at the water holes and the altars. Everywhere that Abraham went and he found a community, he built an altar. They're all over the Middle East. 
Abraham passed by a place and God said, to your descendants, I will give this land. But there were already people in that land. But to your descendants, I will give this land. And Abraham built an altar. And that was repeated over and over again. The friendship was daily, regular, frequent. Common and on common ways, God and Abraham were friends. The pleasure of being with one another. Nothing needed to be done. Now, I have to tell you that this is very hard for me. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Uh, it, it's so easy for me to make a list of five things to do to show you how much I love you and care about you. But to go with you and just sit down there next to you and not say a word, not do anything, that was a very hard lesson to learn. Uh, I remember with one of my dearest friends, uh, do you need to see my face, I said. It just came out of my mouth. And she started to cry. She said, I need to see your face. And I thought, wow, all I have to do is get my face over there. I don't have to do anything. I don't need to bring a meal. Or I, don't need to, I don't have to say anything. I just need to bring my face over there. Now, Abraham was not perfect in his history. He had a lot of trouble. He lied publicly to save his own skin. He put his wife in jeopardy. He was a coward. He laughed out loud. Laughed out loud to the very God he loved so dearly when he said, you will have a child. That's all right. It was, these were the pieces of who Abraham was. He was really quite ordinary. And we live and interact with friends in daily life, and nothing is perfect. If anything, everything is quite ordinary. Family, culture, altar building. We build our altars. They look different than Abraham's. Famine and sacrifice, feast or famine, my mother used to say. God begins this process with his people and carries it through to this day. The model of friendship, the best of friendship, the certainty of friendship. And Jesus says, I have called you friend. It's so sound. It, it's such a repeated message. It's a central message to the relationship that we have with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And this summer, I want to challenge you to look at that friendship, your friendship with God. What does your friendship look like with God? It's a question I want you to ask yourself. Is it central? Is it key? Is it essential? Is it tangential? Do you trust him with yourself? Do you trust yourself to him? I want to give you three things to do this summer. Do them and repeatedly do them. Don't just do them once, but do them again and again. Between now and the next time we are together, something like 95 days. I don't know how many times you could read the at the chapters about Abraham's life out of Genesis, but I want you to read them starting with chapter 12. Read the story. Just read it. You think, oh, I lost it. Who is she married to? It's okay. Just keep reading it. and Go back and read it again. Get into this heart of the fact that Abraham was told to go. He wasn't promised how it would look. He was just promised how it would end up. And he went. And then secondly, I'd like you to write something on a piece of paper of your own in your journal, 
in your Bible on a scrap and put it in your Bible. I'd just like you to write a sentence about what kind of a friend you are of God's. Is he a close friend? Is he an intermittent friend? Do you call upon him when you are in need? Do you have an expectation of this friend? Just be as open and forward as you can possibly be. And then stick it somewhere. Let's put it somewhere in the book of Genesis that you're reading. And then I would like you to do one more thing this summer. I'd like you to find somewhere in this vast plethora of podcasts, a podcast on listening by anyone you want by anyone you want. I'd love it if you sent us a text uh, through the email, I should say, and let us know what podcast you're listening to, and we'll pass it on to others. So the three things I'm asking you to do this summer, read and reread the story of Abraham, who God called a friend, who God sent him out to do the work and then befriended him the whole way, even though it was a hard challenge. Write what kind of a friend you are in a sentence or a paragraph to God, how you feel about yours and God's friendship. And lastly, listen to one podcast on the subject of friendship. Well, that's it. That's the season of Modern Homemakers 2022-2023 very exciting year it has been. Thank you for my colleague and friend, Leah Parker, for Crystal Goodman, for David Otto, for Tom Simo. Oh, I should have started that for all the men and women who have helped this year. For those of you who make contributions to Modern Homemakers to allow us to continue this work, we are very, very grateful. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon summer of cementing your friendship with God.